Hey guys, welcome back to The Junction. I've got Mel here and we have a hot topic today. A lot of the news uh, is doom and gloom, but we want to talk about the positive side. And today's title, we're going to be talking about what's left for us if AI can do it all. You don't think that that's kind of depressing inherently, the the title? Well, when I think about that title, I think an op, like I take the optimistic route. And I'm like, if AI can do everything for me, then uh, the one thing that it can't do is sit on the beach and drink a beer, right? I bet you a billion bucks that AI ain't going to be ever drinking beer. What that's about fair. you? You know, that's not the route my head went, but I, I like it. Cheers to that. So if So what's left for us? So that's where you envision yourself if all of your work is automated. Um. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, right? But I got to sleep. Is it making money for you? Is the AI, have you developed some workforce? Mm. Well, that's what everybody's talking about, right? Is the this this idea of an assistant, right? Not somebody that does it for you, but that can assist you in doing these things. Um, but I, I tell you what, I I don't see it ever assisting me, you know, like brush my teeth. You know, like there's a lot of real world kind of physical I have to use my hands to make this happen. Um, so there's going to be a lot of that that we continue to do, like all the trades, right? Like I'm still going to be replacing the 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 toilet parts with with my own hands, like that. We're on a bathroom <laughs> thing right now. Um, let's tell you what. Let's do this. Let's go back and forth and see how many different. Let's let's take it to like a profession or something that we don't think can be automated by AI. I'll start. All right, you go. A personal trainer. Oh, that's not fair. You talked about that earlier today. Um, what about a um, a car mechanic? I mean, that one's really easy. What about a river rafting guide? <laughs> okay, airline pilot. Oh, no. Oh. Air, air, airplanes are going to fly themselves. You think so? Yeah. I mean, they do. Your car drives itself. Yeah, but will we ever replace the airline pilot? I mean, I hope not. I love when when See? Jim gets on the the intercom and says, "Hello, welcome everybody. So great to have you today, blue skies." People are gonna write in about that voice and be like, "No, bring that voice back. <laughs> it's so good." <laughs> okay, so yours is airline pilot. Let me go. Um, I was gonna say yoga instructor, but that's in the same vein as a personal trainer. What about a, a fly fishing instructor? You know, I. I think if that person is showing me how to move my hands and physically. In the river, you're going to bring an AI bot into the beautiful re remote rivers of Montana. Well, I, can have my, I can have my AirPods in and it can be coaching me based on my watch movement that it's interpreting, just like they have the golf swing you're things. ruining all the fun. All right. Is that where this game falls apart? No. You tell me, you tell me that all of these things. So well, I will say, yeah. People can use these tools to go write them a workout program or to ask how, give me a program for doing yoga or fixing my vehicle. But replacing the human, like there's some sort of accountability there. Like when you know that you, every day, like Kyle expects you to be at the gym at 530 in the morning and when you don't show up, the next time you do, He's going to kind of be razzing you a little bit. Like, what? It, that's if you go back to the gym, Mel. 
<laughs> I just never go I back. I can't fix that. I don't know. The automation. I guess you could create one of those automated like reminders that just pings you and you forget. You tell it. Not You don't know how to jailbreak it. And yeah. It just pings until yeah. you finally do the thing. But there's, there's so many jobs and people that this is not going to replace. Uh, well, you, you're hitting on accountability, right? Like the AI is going to say, did you go to the gym today? And you're going to be like, uh, yep, but not really. And you can, you know, you're just going to keep like, but your wearable doesn't lie. Okay. Well, are you one of those? Do you like wave your arm up in the air to get your steps? <laughs> I when when it was when, when the I Apple walk watch. by your office and I see you fist pumping, is that what you're doing? Mm, mm, you're not. That's dancing. when I'm jamming. Okay? okay. Yeah. To our intro music because it's so good. It's so good. Um, but I used to do that when the Apple Watch first came out. You could like trick it into thinking that you were cycling, but you're actually in your car. Yeah. If you just kind of like moved your fists in a circular motion and you kind of went like five miles an hour in your car. But when you go to sleep at night. You know. I just don't think about it. <laughs> so I think that I've been thinking about this a lot. Humans with AI do have the potential to replace humans without AI. So mm. we've talked a lot about it's not going away. That's our take. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I mean, everybody keeps asking, is this a flash in the pan? We had some discussion about this internally the other day. Like, actually, our founder posted about it on LinkedIn. Like, what was the last AI craze and sort of solicited some ideas around what was the last technology craze that you remember and like, did it flop? So I remember I brought up the QR code, like when it first came out, total flop, I hated it. Total flop. And I, and I, as a marketer was putting it on like all sorts of like you were, we were doing conferences and like, go download the agenda, but you needed like a specific app. And if you were like on an iPhone versus an Android, you could not just point your phone at it. And right. take it to a link. Right. I'm the greatest comeback ever. ever. Totally. Yeah. So that was one of those technologies. Now the QR code I'm not s suggesting is as impactful as no. AI. And certainly QR, that's just a more specific technology. AI really encompasses a lot of yeah. things. But if you're not understanding like what it's doing in your industry, even if you think, well, I... I don't know, I'm in construction and there's no way they're going to replace the way that we go out and build a home. If you're not understanding how other construction companies are maybe utilizing AI to consistently update and enhance their pricing models or using it for mm. billing and materials and time and project tracking, you could be missing out on a competitive advantage, right? Oh, totally. Do you, uh, you reminded me of something I was looking into how uh, Amazon, um, uh, fulfillment by Amazon, they call it FBA, works. And it's this it's this um, idea that you go and find, um, hopefully if anybody's, you know, uh, watching or reading this, you can, you can email me and tell me how wrong I am. But the general idea is go find a cheaper product or a cheap product that you can sell on Amazon for more, right? Basically arbitrage. I want to make money between... $10, I'm going to buy it for 10 I'm going to sell it for 15 Well, as I was thinking through, like, how I could speed up, just, I don't know, riff it in my head. Like, well, then I'd use an API to scrape some websites and get the, the prices. And then once I got that figured out, I'd probably figure out, like, how do I how do I rope in AI to help me find the cheaper prices faster? Like, it's not a race to the bottom. It's a race to how fast you can do it. And that, you just made me, like, ding. Yeah. 
If you're not using AI because you don't want to, that's fine. If you don't know how to use AI and you're not trying to figure it out, that's, that's your, you're, you're digging yourself a hole because your compadres, your colleagues, they're utilizing it. They don't really know what to use it for yet, but some point down the road, they're going to figure it out and then they're going to blast off and you're still going to be, you know, sitting on planet earth while people are over on Mars. Yeah. Operating business as usual. And you'll be asking yourself, how did they experience so much growth? Or how are how is Chase sitting on a beach drinking a beer right now and mm. he's not working? Mm. Well, let me tell you, friend, he has this army of AI agents or assistants, right? You you were telling me about this. Let's let's talk about this a little bit more. This bar is it Bard's assistant or there's a couple different <laughs> ones couple. out in the market? Um the Bard has been kind of, they've been coming out of various features. Watson X has hit the news recently. They've got this thing called Orchestrate. They've got, uh, it's Watson X Orchestrate. They got Watson X Assistant. But it's this idea that you're, you're doing these kind of natural language things, right? Like, I just got off a phone call. I need to send an email with a summary and I need to send more times for us to get back on the phone. Like, the AI could totally do that. It, of course, there's, you know, you got to build out some of these things, right? You have to have the, te the technology. Now you do. But and now you do. But with some of the new product enhancements, I'm sure we'll get to a place where a new a startup or a tool, somebody out there is probably doing this thing. Right now, you're thinking through how you would build it because that's also just kind of fundamentally, I think, how you're wired and in, in the role that you're in and have been in here. Yeah. You're thinking about, how do I solution and architect this thing? But for me, I would have no, I would no clue where to start to go do some of the things that you mentioned about yeah. scraping websites. And so, well, so they have a great, actually a really great example on the front page of Watson X. It talks about orchestrate and it's this idea that uh, you start out with some kind of end goal in mind. And in this, I'm just pulling up the front page. So if you're watching this, hopefully this is still there. But it, the idea is that I want to, I want to pull up uh, or I want to go find a bunch of candidates for a job I need to fill. Okay, so let's back that up. Well, first I need to maybe email some folks and ask some, some folks some questions, maybe colleagues. What, what kind of skills are we looking for, Mel? Like, can they do this? Do they need to be able to do that? Maybe I need to grab some documentation to grab the job description and put it up somewhere. Like all these things we are just naturally doing because we're like, well, we should do that next. And then we should do that next. And the idea behind Orchestrate is that it kind of figures that out on the fly. And all you tell it is, hey, I need 12 candidates that can fill this senior Salesforce consulting role. And it thinks through and does all of the things for you that it that, that needs to happen. And then you just start getting candidates. Is it doing that based off of data that's already available to it? Like it's reading data in your so, existing systems? Yes. So that's what's kind of unique about where uh, Orchestrate is, is that you do have to connect it to your data sources. Right in this image, it's got it connected to, I imagine, a Microsoft database. And there's a box logo right in Workdays on here as well. Um, but that's kind of the the power of giving it access to all the thing, all the data sources that you have, right, is that it can then figure out, well, the job description is on Google Drive. So let me go search for senior Salesforce consultant job description. 
well, I found one, right? And then it probably would, I imagine, would say, hey, Mel, is this the right job description that we're looking for? And you're going to be like, nope, actually, it's this one. Well, you're like conversing, right? It's yep. basically like this really high-powered assistant that has access to all the same data that you do, and you're just kind of guiding it along the way. So it goes back, you know, this idea of right now everybody's kind of playing with chat, right? How do I summarize the transcript? How do I do this? How do I do that? And Watson and Bard, they're kind of looking down the road in terms of, well, what if what if I could um, take the idea that I need 12 applications for this role and then let's break that down into all the pieces that we need to do and then let's get to that front prompt of, Mel typing in, hey, I need 12 applications from great applicants or candidates that are interested in a senior Salesforce consulting job. That's the prompt, right? And if you try to do that now in ChatGPT, it's going to be like, uh, great, here's all the things you need to go do, right? But Watson X, at least what they're promising, is that it'll go connect to all your data sources, figure that out, post the job somewhere, get applications, I bet it would even screen them, you know, ask some basic questions. And then if it's really smart, it's going to find time on your calendar to connect them with you. And then all of a sudden you just got meeting booked tomorrow to talk to the first candidate. Like that, that is empowering. I saw something the other day. Someone said, wow, IBM's really late to the game, you know, with this announcing their stuff. But we don't, I mean, they're a billion dollar company and they have a huge existing customer base. So to the extent that it's not like they're going to the market to gain adoption. Right. They have an existing customer base that they can now oh, essentially totally. and probably have been already have beta. Well, you think of, I think of IBM like Apple. They're always kind of last to the game, you know. They've got plenty of compute power. They've got plenty of smart people. And the way that I see it is they've just kind of been standing back a little bit and waiting for like people to be like, oh, yeah, what if we could do this? Right. And the folks over at IBM were like, that's right. Let's go knock that out. And not to underplay their cards. I mean, they've had Watson for a long time, right? right. It, it I was going to say, or they've already been doing it. And Well, yeah, because Watson won Jeopardy in a famous battle against that guy. And I apologize if, you, if you're watching this. I, I don't remember your name. You have but high hopes for our subscriber <laughs> count. <laughs> Everybody's going to be watching this, Mel. Um. But yeah, like they 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 had a leg up. Then then OpenAI and all this stuff happened. Like they've been doing it for a long time, and so I think this was just the natural next steps for them is to build out something that kind of leapfrogs, like just the basic chat stuff. So, what is the natural next step for you if you have this tool? You have the capability to leverage an assistant. That's going to free up time to do what. Um, you know, this is something that I think a lot about mainly because my calendar is booked. I had eight 30 minute, I had eight back to back meetings that were 30 minutes long on Monday and praise the Lord that two of them got canceled because I didn't know what I was going to do, but you're welcome. I canceled one of those. That was you. you. Thank you. Um, I still got some of those emails out. I sent it to my proverbial assistant or I would have if I had orchestrate. Um, but that's, that's in my mind, that's kind of the idea of like, I have a meeting and whether I'm in a sales role, an architect role, uh, an HR. No, I mean, I last night at like three in the morning, I'm laying awake thinking about the couple emails that I should have sent yeah. even last week. Well, I did that on Saturday. I told, um, a prospect and one of our great partners that 
hey, I'm just going to use the rest of our time to send out this email, a summary of what we talked about, and I'll send you more times for us to connect next week. Well, Thursday went by. Friday, I remembered that I didn't send it. And I was like, oh, shoot, got to send that out. Well, something else pops up that's more important. Mm. And then Saturday. You don't have to tell. Oh, I was going to say, you don't have to. Keep <laughs> well, Saturday rolls around and I'm like, oh, I really got to send this. Um, but like, just imagine if like every time you needed something to happen, you could reach out to your assistant and your assistant goes and does it. I think that's why a lot of executives are a lot more productive than maybe their counterparts that are director level because they have access to three or four assistants sure. and they can send out those emails and they can block that invite and they can, you know, do all these extra things to give you more time back. And I would wager, and I don't have a, an assistant, but I would wager that if people knew the power of the assistant and they had access to not one, but hundreds of them, like you're just going to now be way more productive than you were before. What I'm also thinking about, and maybe there's some tools already doing this, but the power in looking back at that data to say, so let's say you look at your calendar for the last six months or 12 months, and you had a way of discerning how much of your time was spent on the phone with customers versus partners versus internal meetings. I think some of these calendaring tools already try to do a level of this, maybe using like domain names. So all the meetings that have at venttechnology.com at the end are going to say, well, you spend 50% of your time in internal meetings. It'd be really great to then have some rules or automation set up through this AI that says, like, it's essentially running interference. I've always, every really, really wonderful executive assistant I've known that's been really, really good at their job essentially protects the executive calendar, right? Mm, like they're protecting mm. their executive from do they really need to be in on these conversations yep. and they're keeping their calendar, um, blocking out the time that they need to yep. do the things. But that would be wonderful to have something that essentially could field a runner interference on things or flag to you you've spent X number of time in your threshold. You said this year you set out your goal was to go see, spend 50% of your time in front of prospects. Yeah. And totally. what if it could flag to you? Oh my gosh, you're like behind target. Yeah, or you're, not, behind. you're not on plan because you know that every time you go see a customer that leads to a new opportunity. Mm -hmm. So now you can, you're kind of like maybe some of the, it might not be a leading indicator, but it's something that can flag to you. I'm not... Otherwise, you're basically looking back at your calendar. You're pulling out your American Airlines app. You're, right. You're looking at right. like, wait, how many trips did I take to Chicago? Oh, uh, totally. Yeah. That I mean, the the it's the power of uh, the assistant that most most folks don't have access to. I would imagine, right? We don't really have access to that. But when you realize that those are some things that they these people are doing for you, and now you can do that with orchestrate or with some of these other things that other folks are coming out with, it's really handy. We were in, um, you and I were in uh, California last week with some of the team and Brent and I went to dinner with one of our customers and they wanted to go to a Korean barbecue place. Uh, we got there, we didn't have reservations. They were like, hey, by the way, it's about two hours before you can sit down. And we're like, oh, we're kind of starving. Well, I pulled up Google Maps and I'm trying to find Korean barbecue places because that's where our customer wanted to go. Well, none of them had open table. None of them had like the quick book, but it did have these um, links to 
have Google call the restaurant and talk to that receptionist and say, hey, I've uh, got a, I need a table for 5, for 7.30. Do you have any room for us? What's well, the computer talking to the person and the person doesn't know that it's computer or at least from what I remember from the demos, um, it, it, um, it, it may or may not identify itself. I can't remember. Sure. Um, but this was from 2018 and I think Google has had this and at least in the San Francisco area for a while. And that's really not all that new, but it, it made me realize like, well, I actually just had kind of like an assistant reach out and schedule, you know, this reservation for me and I didn't ah. have to do anything. And I saved probably, I don't know, 30 minutes of trying to like call every different place and try to get a reservation. Like it texted me back two minutes later, Hey, I get a reservation for you for five at this place at this time. And I was like, wow, that was awesome. Like that's from 2018. What if you could do that now with all these other things that we're, yeah. we're asking ourselves. This to is do? timely today on LinkedIn. I saw a post um, in this marketing AI group that I'm a part of and um, somebody's, you know, soliciting or trying to share a feature of their product, but they, they call attention to listen to our human like AI. Mm. And there's a recording of a, basically an AI yeah. setting an appointment with a prospect, like oh, booking yeah. a meeting. Yeah. And it says it can call all of your leads at the same time and set 200% more appointments than a human can for a fraction of the price. So of course I'm listening to it. Like trying to scrutinize the the AI voice, like, nah, that yeah. sounds like a bot. And like, just when I think, I'm like, no, nah, that's not believable. It almost does this like, mm, okay, yeah, I can put you down for that. Mm, like it's even kind of like the inflection. Oh, it's yeah. thinking, you know, you think about like a prompter or a system yeah. that you go to, they don't generally have those like nuances that yeah. a human does. And I was pretty, almost like freaked out. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting is the, is when it's talking and it's like, hmm, like, oh yeah, those, those little nuances that make it more human. Yeah. We know what's happening in that moment. It's the, the call from one system to the another, the API calls going out and it's the latency, which is why they, they needed to add those in there. Filler. Yeah. Cause it's like. Hey, what do you want today? Right. And then the AI is like having to process, what do you want today? Right. And it's thinking, oh, I need to respond to what do I want today? And that time between the the call out and the call back in is enough, basically almost enough time for you to be like, hmm. Oh yeah. Like this is like, I don't know. You'll notice this if you see more of those. Yeah. That's the call out and the call back in because they can't get the latency low enough, at least yet, to where it's instantaneous, like. Hey, what do you want today? Oh, I'd love to have da 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 da. Like, yeah. there's that whatever in in between middle thing. Okay, I have to ask you. I want to move on to headlines. Let's talk about this Reddit post that I shared with you. Um, I mean, um, I just love ChatGPT ruined me as a programmer. Yeah, like I I love this post on Reddit. It came out, I don't know, 20, 20 a day ago. And the premise is like this guy that's trying to learn how to program um, got stuck on something. And I've done this already like a million times, but he pulls up chat GPT and basically asks like, how do I get around this, this problem? And chat GPT quickly solves it for him. And like, that's not really the surprising thing anymore. You know, that was really cool like six months ago. But what 
what's really interesting is the next question he asks. He says, what is the point of me doing this? And then stop learning and coding. Like, that's where the really interesting questions start to come in. Because going back to me on the beach with the beer, right? Like, if we lose this aspect of learning and exploring and being excited about life, like, we're just going to result in, whatever, ChatGPT, go go attend my meetings for me like Google Bard. Yeah, it's depressing. We'll do. How do you combat that? If now? you, I'm telling you right now, if you and I have a meeting scheduled over Zoom and you send your AI assistant I will to have a meeting with me. Not do that except for a couple of times and uh, just to try it out. Purely for podcast research, I will allow it. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a very depressing, honestly, sentiment. When you kind of think of it that way, like, what's the point? Yeah. You know, I think about my domain in marketing. I haven't actually had that feeling yet with with any of these tools. Yeah. I've I've shared that I was apprehensive in the beginning because I just didn't really understand the implications mm -hmm. and, you know, the whole, will it replace me? And, you know, since getting my hands on them and using them and just trying to understand how other people in other industries are, are utilizing these tools, I don't have that outlook, but I could see, especially if you're setting out to learn a new skill set. Yeah. Like that would be kind of, uh, especially if you're, You've been doing it for a long time, and then you go see what Jet, Chat GPT or some other tool can spin out. Like, I understand the sentiment. Yeah, I, I think there's a difference in learning something new. And I think about pool. When I was learning to play pool, my uncle taught me about the cheater really early on. And I was like, well, it's called a cheater, so why don't I just use it all the time? And he was really he had a really insightful thing. The cheater doesn't help you cheat to play perfectly. The cheater helps you learn how you should hold the 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 cue, the pull stick, and hit the cue ball. Right, I think I'm getting that right. Right, the cue ball uh, in the way that will you know push the other ball in the direction that you want to go. And so it's kind of I think I think about it like this: ChatGPT is the cheater. Right, and it helps you get past that one blocker, but then you have to be restrained enough if you're in a learning mode, right? To well, don't ask ChatGPT everything, right? But ask it to review what you did. Um, if you're going to use it to to as a cheater, right? I think about when Google first came out. In my mind, I was sitting in the library in my high school, and I'm like, Google just popped up, and I'm like, what's two plus two? You know, something really, really simple, and it's like four. Okay, what's the square root of da-da-da-da? Like it starts answering every question I could ever come up with. So I'm like, well, I don't need to memorize any of this. Like I'm going to geography class. I don't need to know what the, the capital of Egypt is. I'm just going to Google everything. And it's that same kind of mentality. Like if you're in a learning mode and you're just going to use the cheater, well, then just use the cheater all the time. But if you really want to learn, use it to review what you're doing. So I don't know where we're going with that, but that's what that reminded me of. Do you see when we think about the, as particularly the sentiment, you know, this ruined me as a programmer. Have you had that experience in using these tools? Cause you've really, you use it, you have used it in a much more technical capacity, yeah. but the, it doesn't, it, I think for people that are just first learning how to code, you're kind of, um, you're, you're stepping off on the wrong foot because it's basically like, well, do this for me. Right. 
write this code for me. And part of learning coding is actually writing the code yourself because you're going to get it wrong. How do you identify, like if you have never done it before, how do you know, how can you discern what is good code or versus bad code? Because that that's what I would say. Like I... Yeah, experience. Experience. Doing it over and over again. And people are all over on LinkedIn. You got to fail a million. You got to learn how to fail. If you're not good, if you're not failing fast, you're failing slow, you know, whatever they say. But it really is, there's a real sentiment to that because if you're not failing, you're not learning. And if you're succeeding every time, well, you're just getting lucky, right? Like you're not going to learn how to code a massive program just right out of the gate. You have to have, you have to do it for some of your pet projects your clients have to tell you this sucks and you should have done it this way. And you have kind of this internalization of I should have done it this way or all these bugs are popping up. Now I know how to bug debug faster or I know how a better way to do it. And it's through that experience that uh, you really learn how to be a better coder. Particularly if you're rolling out some sort of product to a marketplace um, and you're talking about collecting inputs, right? So collecting inputs from your boss, your customer, your prospect, your mentors, your family, your friends, there's the, that's likely going to be in some sort of qualitative form. It's not always going to be over text or email. Oh, for sure. And so there's still that like human assisted AI, mm-hmm. right? And so I, that's another area where I don't see AI just being able to fully automate or replace. I, I think that day is coming. Because the AI will eventually be able to iterate and think through and learn, have lessons learned from all of those transcripts that it's digesting, right? Because it could have the same type of experience, assuming that there's recordings of calls, right? It has access to the code. But I think until you give it everything, it's not going to get to that point. It's not going to really truly learn from experience. The AI isn't going to be able to understand the, the very unique intricacies in our particular market in this particular process when I got on that phone with that particular prospect. Like that's a really long way away. So if, if you're in that kind of, I want to call it a business analyst, right? But this idea of kind of a consultative type approach and everybody in whatever you do is in some kind of consultative approach. Even the guys that are selling the cookies, right? Like, uh, not crumble. There's a new cookie place. It's a really good cookie place. Tum- Tumblr, crumbler. Crumble. Crumble. Yes. Really good cookies, right? Well, and they're even consulting you in that moment. Like, well, this cookie is really good because it has cinnamon and da, 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 And this is why it's $10 a cookie, you know, like. Um, they are good cookies. They are really good cookies. There's some in my fridge right now. Um, but yeah. I think, I it's think if you're a in a customer service element in general, so there's always that. I don't know, the human connection, and it's like kind of a buzzy term, but there's there's the people who want a neck to ring and it doesn't feel as good to ring a neck of an AI or, Mm. right? So unfortunately, like having that when there's a moment of conflict Mm -hmm. and you want to give me your manager, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that that is still, there's still going to be very much a place for that. But then also to share and celebrating those successes, it just doesn't feel as good if you can't, you know, like... Do it with people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I was exchanging some emails with our partner agency who's redesigning our website. And we were going back and forth about football scores and go buffs. And, you know, they were talking about the Iowa, Iowa State game. Yeah. I'm talking about Nebraska, Colorado. And like, I mean, 
they were talking about how they like were physically going to the game and I had mm. gone to the game last week and AI cannot replicate that. That no. that human connection is oh, so totally. pure. So those yeah. are the things that I'm like, that's not, that's not going away. Totally. You know, it is going away right before we wrap up. This, this is what's going away. Karen, she's going away because guess what? When everything is automated and AI is taking over everything, they're going to be like, um, can I talk to your manager? And the AI is going to be like, I am the manager. And she's like, well, let me talk to the people that own you. And they're like, I am the owner. <laughs> like this, I, would, I know you're laughing really hard, but we did this on the road to uh, a wedding we were going to on Saturday. And somebody in the car asked something really silly. I'm and sorry, I was like, Karen. My, I have a neighbor named Karen. She's awesome. Oh, She's but, real sweet. Actually, I do too. I was in ministry with a Karen. She's awesome. She has three little kids. She's amazing. Uh, she lives in Austin. Karen, uh, love you. you're awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, but for the Karens. Yeah. Right? The the overarching, like that term that somehow yeah. came about and yeah. coined this persona. You know what? Persona. The, the AI is going to be like, ooh, we need a manager. And the manager is going to come out and Karen the Karen, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> well, per usual, this was a very entertaining discussion. Chase, I look forward to our next session where we're talking about all things AI and automation. You guys know this. It's not going away. We do want to hear from you. Um, If you like the show, please share it with a friend, like, subscribe, do all that. Maybe give us a rating. But we also want to know what questions you have about AI. So send us an email at thejunction at ventechnology.com. In the meantime, keep it automated.